nice to let the music run all the way through sometimes, yes. isn't it, Jonathan? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So welcome to another episode of Problem Busters with myself, Jonathan, and the Honourable Ollie. G'day, mate. Another good evening to you. Yes, yes. So how's life in your world? Oh, eventful. Uh, <laughs> towards the end of the year, um, quite a busy period for uh, everybody at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think it's good times. I, I, I am a great uncle now, you know. Ah, congratulations. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so my great nephew had his first birthday on Saturday and that was really good. Um, uh, he is he is part Congolese. So it was a, it was a good Congolese uh, and uh, Jamaican celebration <laughs> that's this to me laughter great food and a bit of dancing am i yeah. far off oh yes uh, and you know what i think it was in that order <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome uh, well done right so what are we going to do today folks so today we have with us a small business champion at the federation of small business uk um, and that is andrew murphy welcome andrew hi guys good to be here Great to have you on. And so we've got lots to talk about. There's lots of things we could cover, but we're going to keep it fairly targeted, I think. So uh, thank you for being on the show. And what we generally do is we start off with a little bit about you and what got you to here. Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I don't want to go too far back and take up the whole time. But basically, my story is much like many small business owners that I talk to, is that I started off in the corporate world. So I started off at Pricewaterhouse in management consultancy, which I did for about five years. Um, I then thought, do you know what? I know better than this. I'm going to start my own business. Uh, and I started a removal company, which I ran for about 15 years. Um, and I sold that company about two and a half years ago and then started working with um, Federation of Small Business at that point. Very good. And you you run it off like it's quite a normal background for people, but that's that's, that's quite a uh, quite a resume. Um, so when you say removals business, what do you mean by that? So we were doing um, domestic removals. Um, I had a firm up in London. Uh, we started it off, and the idea is we were a little. I think we were a little bit before our time. We we started it off to be a little bit like um, an Uber, I suppose, for removals. So if you bought something on you know, uh, eBay or Gumtree and you needed a, a van to come and pick it up, you could use us and we'd tie all the jobs together. Um, the the power of Uber, I suppose, is the technology that they've got sitting behind that and we didn't really have that. So we were trying to do all that stuff manually. So it kind of morphed from that idea into a more traditional um, domestic and commercial removal firm. So we worked with a lot of um, private individuals. Um, we had contracts with councils in London um, and we work with a lot of the self-storage companies um, to help people move their stuff in and around London, around the UK as well. Fair enough. And uh, moving moving anything anywhere, whether it's an office or a home, that's a, a painful back, back-breaking 
thing yeah. right <laughs> as you know jonathan <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i do funny enough um i think a friend of mine owns his own removal business and i, and I do help out i pitch in here and there you know yeah, it's it's really good fun actually, and you get to see a lot of uh, different places outside of London as well because I think he covers the southeast. So, really fun. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit um, stunned because that was the most succinct summary of myself that I have ever heard in five years of podcasting. So, <laughs> well done to you, sir. That that is quite it's amazing. Not about me, it's not about me. Come on. <laughs> and uh well you know it kind of is so i i appreciate it and i'm sure the audience does so so let's let's kick on then so um what was it like building that business and and i think that's going to take us onto the theme of um of today being uh hiring and managing people yeah well obviously um with that business you've got a lot of moving parts and and one big part of that is the staff you know it's a very labor intensive process um you've got a lot of guys uh, on the books and you've got and they're all a lot for, for the most part they're all remote so managing that people and as we grew the business and at one point we had about 16 vehicles running around so that's um each one of those with two or three guys on um and then obviously all the office staff um i think you know staff management and and remote staff management is one of the most difficult parts of of the growth of the business. I'd say without doubt, the staff management piece and, and finding good people and making sure that they're happy and making sure that you as a business owner are doing all the pieces that you need to do um, from a, a sort of protection piece and a well-being piece uh, are some of the biggest challenges I, I found in, in growing that business. And how did you do that at the time? So what, what were you doing to find your, your people? Well, to start with, it was very much, in fact, I had a really good friend who worked in HR. So that was a huge benefit to us um, because I could just tap into that resource. But like all business owners, when you start tapping into your friends, that's great. But there comes a point where you you kind of run out of favours. And I don't mean that, that they didn't tell me not to contact them anymore but you know it gets to a point where you think I've actually got to do something about this so um, that kind of led us to um, being part of the of the Federation of Small Business and and, and, and keying into their um, HR and, and legal um, support. Sure so how did that come about and and what did that mean for you as a, as a small business owner? Well actually I think that it's kind of true now and as it was then is that the FSB as an organization um, for lots of business owners is kind of a well-kept secret. So actually I just had someone knock on the door um, and tell me that they were from FSB. And um, like a lot of business owners, I think you get contacted by lots of different people telling you they've got this great solution for you. And so initially your answer is no to everything. Otherwise you'd be speaking to people all day trying to sell you all sorts of things. But actually, this guy made a, a really good point, and um, I think that the offer was really strong. Um, and they are a not-for-profit organisation, so access to it was really good. And for me, the main piece was around that people management, so getting the correct contracts in place, getting the the, the well-being support in place, um, guidance around any issues, um, also covering off health and safety stuff. So there was a lot that he was talking about that that really made sense for me as a business owner, and I think. Well, you know, I can't speak for all business owners, but what I see a lot is that everybody is so busy in the doing of their business that you often overlook some of the 
um, uh, legislative, should we say, or some of the some of the background stuff that you, some of the heavy lifting of running a business kind of get kind of falls by the wayside because you're so busy doing. So it's quite a good time for us to kind of reflect on what that looked like, tighten up our HR policies, make sure that we were supporting people as we needed them. So he he timed it quite well for us. Fair enough. And what does FSB stand for? Uh, Federation of Small Business. Um, okay. It's been going about 45 years. Um, it supports around about 160,000 um, businesses in the UK. Um, it is a not-for-profit, as I mentioned. Um, they do a whole raft of things, not just the kind of HR support and the legal support. Through COVID is a really big, really good example because we lobby government directly. So things like the furlough scheme, uh, the bounce back loans, rates grants, the um, self-employment scheme have all been off the back of the lobbying piece that FSB do. And I think that bit gets lost on a lot of people. But in my opinion, having uh, an organisation that is a voice for small business in the UK is a really powerful thing to be part of um, and has certainly benefited lots of small businesses. There is a, you know, sometimes a disconnect between um, central government thinking and what it's like to run a business on the ground. And that's kind of where we come in. Yeah. Do you want to just tell us, and, and I think we'll actually have one of your colleagues on to tell the story in, in full detail in another episode, but um, do you want to just give us a summary of how that happens in action when it came to the furlough scheme? Yeah. So the furlough scheme, and we have, we have like I say, we have, a power, we have a powerful lobbying voice and that is, you know, direct access to uh, the politicians, and we were actually mentioned by Richie Sunak in 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 some of his um, speeches. But Mike Cherry, who heads up that um, lobbying piece, well, they were really vocal around what the furlough scheme would look like, and it can be criticised. And a lot of the government response can be criticised uh, back and forth. But if you think about the way that government works generally, it's, it's kind of slow, and, and and things like the furlough scheme would probably take a couple of years of thinking before they came into existence. The point about the furlough scheme is when it came out, it was supporting 100% of the wages of um, the employees. And then it was going to be reduced, I don't know if anyone remembers, but it was going to be reduced down to about 20% at one point. And, and part of our lobbying was that that was maintained up until this point now. And some people would argue that's a good thing and, and, and others that it wasn't a good thing. But overall, you know, that has supported a lot of business through really tough times Um and as I say, that's a, as a direct result of the the lobbying arm that we have. Yeah, and uh, I guess Jonathan and I have both worked in fintech for a while, and so um, so we we can both I think remember the uh, what were they called, Jonathan, the civil loans, right? Um, yeah, which, civil. Which yeah, which looked like it was going to be happening around the time of the pandemic starting and small business starting to struggle, and and the idea of furlough compared to a small business loan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must have been a godsend for, for literally thousands of, of businesses and their absolutely. families. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you so when you became a member and started um, drawing on the services, what did that actually mean to you? Um, you talked about, you know, managing people and finding people being a lot of effort and a lot of hard work. So how did the FSB physically support you on that area? Well, so f for instance, from the very starting point, um, that we ha they have a legal hub, so you can dive in there and there's a whole load of resources inside that uh, it, around HR, around legal contracts and so on. But for, for us, it was that we were able to dive in there and get um, employment contracts and handbooks and policies that were totally up to date um, and we can just download that from the portal 
In addition to that, we were able to speak to an HR um, expert at no additional cost. So it's like having your own internal HR team, um, but it's external and you only you only access it when you need it. We actually on the removal side as well. Um, we actually had to go to tribunal uh, with a member of staff, and we were supported by FSB through that. And in fact, they actually um, attended the tribunal with us. And if anyone's been through a tribunal, um, it's you know it's it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work um, to go through. Um, we were successful; there was no issue. But regardless of that, you still have got you know three or four months of preparing documents and making sure that you don't do anything wrong to trip yourself up. And so just having someone there to kind of hold your hand and guide you through that was really great for us because, you know, as a business owner, we really cared about our employees. Obviously, it doesn't always work out, but having someone there to hold your hand through that process uh, was huge for us. It was really huge. Yeah. And and there's this real feeling, isn't there? Even when it's not your business and you're managing a team, I'm thinking of you and I, Jonathan. Um there's this real feeling of wanting to look after your people. And and at least to me, it feels like a real tangible responsibility. And a lot of elements of it are quite unknown until they occur. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Oh, yeah. No, I was saying, yeah. I mean, having that support there as well, because having policies in place for, for a number of things um, that could occur, um, <laughs> but haven't just... Um, is I think a good start to being able to support your employees um, and members of, of your team um, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you do differently next time around, Andrew? Um, let's assume uh, you're, you're a plucky con- ex-consultant thinking I'll start a business. <laughs> <laughs> again, yeah. um, well, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd asked for that help earlier. I think that and I see this in a lot of and I, you know all I do all day is, is talk to business owners you know across a wide range of of industries and sectors um, and sizes um, and I think the mistake is that you I mean you just can't know everything and you, you can't know what you don't know so you've got to you've got to make a decision in the business at, at, at what point do you reach out for external help you know let's say you know we in the removal company, we knew how to do the removals, we knew how to serve the clients, but all the other stuff, the HR and the, the now GDPR and the pension management and the legal contracts, all of that stuff. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a coach or you're selling candles or it doesn't really matter what the business is, you've still got these legal obligations to fulfill. Um, are you really the best person to be doing that? Probably not. The answer is probably not. And so just kind of having the um the understanding that some things you need external help with, I think that's I think that for me is really key is, is is reaching out and finding the right people to support you with those things so that you can focus your attention on you know either delivering great service or delivering great products, pleasing your customers, growing your brand, growing your team, just reaching out for that kind of external help um, and recognizing that you're not always the best person to answer all those questions. Okay, so. Um, on that basis, so say I'm I'm uh, I'm Joe Bloggs here. <laughs> I've realised that hold on, I do need uh, some external help. So listening to to um, to podcasts at the moment, if I'm saying, oh, I need I need a bit of help, um, what steps could I could I do, or, or could people listening uh, now take um, to 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 sort of 
first reach out and, and get that assistance. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're talking specifically about the FSB, oh, yes. um, yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is just to have a look at the website, and um, on there you'll see under the membership all the things that that it covers, and and it and it ranges from things like tax investigation protection, which by the way I think is going to be a huge issue going forward if people don't know what that is. Basically, the tax you know tax investigation of of the last few years. Um, to HR, to legal. I mean, we get an overview, but the way that the FSB is structured is there are people like me all over the country, membership advisors or small business champion, as I've renamed myself. Um, and we we know what the product is and we can talk any business owner through that. So I'm happy to talk to anyone. Uh, you, we can put my contact details in here and I can either talk you through it myself or I can connect you to someone locally. And um, we have a big network. And as I say, it's, it's a not-for-profit organization. And, and our role really here is to is to guide and support small businesses because we recognize that they are the backbone of this economy, you know, that probably make up about um, 70 to 80% of um, the employers in this country. And, you know, we're here to give them that guidance. So, you know, definitely reach out uh, to have a look at the website or reach out to to your membership advisor. And I'm happy to direct people uh, to, to that myself. Awesome. I think we can we can put that into the show notes as well. So uh, to the listeners, this this will be at the bottom of our of our show notes on every, on uh, on this episode. Yeah. Nice one. So maybe just reflecting on, uh, actually, there's one thing we should talk about first. We're not talking about a lot of money, are we? And I think that's important. Mm. Um, it's a big it's a big part of the value of the service, right, Andrew? Yeah, 100%. Of, of, yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we are not for profit. And what that means is there is a charge, obviously, to be a member. It's not, it's not for nothing. But everything that we take in membership is filtered back into supporting real kind of visceral support for business, be it the lobbying, we run networking events, be it the legal, be it the the free business bank account, we do so on and so forth. The starting point is surprisingly low, I think, is £147 a year. Uh, and then it kind of grows by the number of people in the business by about £50 per every five employees. So if you're one to five, it's like 200 quid a year. Obviously, that is reflective of how much you would use the service. Um, the more staff you have, the more likelihood that you're going to need, you know, some of that guidance uh, in place. So, so in my opinion, um, that is a very reasonable price. Um, in fact, it's probably too cheap, but there you go. <laughs> 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 Can't dictate that piece. But there's a lot of value in there. Sure. And and to yeah. me, this, uh, and the reason I really, really, really wanted to have you on the show is, you know, I've, I've worked for a lot of, a lot of businesses that serve very, very small business, um, sole traders, self-contractors, um, and um, IT contractors. Yeah. And, and I've also been that person a few times, right? And yeah. it is an enormous amount of work that I didn't want to do. I just wanted to focus on the thing that I did do. Right, correct on on the business. Not uh, uh, I wanted to work on the business, not necessarily in it and and on the paperwork. So, um, and to me, this is in the same sort of vein as nationwide or as co-op or um, other organisations and credit unions who who care more about the thing they are there to do than making a profit. And um, I, I just yeah, I I think the word deserves to get out there because. Um, we all have family members who've had trouble when they've been running a small business. And I'd, I'd like to think that uh, 
that 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 165,000 businesses will grow rapidly because um, it is a minefield, right? Unfortunately, yeah, it's a total minefield, and that's really interesting that you say that. And one one thing to add is that we have a lot of sole traders that are members, um, so you know it doesn't. It's in terms of business owners, you are a business owner if you are a sole trader. You have to do a tax return. You have obligations under GDPR and your legal contracts and so on and so forth. So we have sole traders. We have um, contractors. We have people with 50, 50 employees. We cover the whole spectrum because the background stuff of running a business in the UK is the same, you know, albeit in different quantities, but we, we support everyone and everyone in, in that um in that space yeah i think having the the sole trader piece is is um for me is is really um appealing only because it, it i guess i wouldn't say lowers the barrier to entry but it, there's there's a ton of resources available um to people who traditionally have not had the chance to okay let me speak to um you know somebody who was a consultant or somebody who's really experienced in this field and um, if it's not in your sort of sphere of, um, in your social sphere to, to, to sort of speak to these business owners or, um, or, or consultants about the different things such as, you know, tax and starting a business and, and all the legal pitfalls, um, then it's, it's, it's really valuable um, to, to actually be able to have this service and, and, uh, and have yeah, all and that, I, all I, that I, information. I definitely agree with that, John. And I think, you know, running certainly as a sole trade and, and even, you know, with a couple of employees within the business, if you're the sole director, it's quite isolating. It can be quite isolating and, and, and the buck does stop with you as that business owner. So, you know, if you can turn to a trusted resource that says, actually, we're here to, to help with that buck, we can tell you what you need to do in these situations. That's a great resource to have access to because, you know, as I say, it's, it's quite isolating and, and you really want to be focusing, as you said, Ollie, you want to be focusing on good, delivering good service and, and good products, not worrying about, you know, is my GDPR done or have I got the legal piece in place that I need to have, you know, that that's, that's leave that for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what would you say from, and you're based in Brighton, am I right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just based on, on your region and, and talking to, to people out and about every day, um, what would you call your top five um, things that worry small business owners that probably translate directly to listeners going and ensuring those things are, are all organized for themselves? Yeah, well, I think I think the first thing, as I said at the beginning, is 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 the people management piece. You know, it's, it's recruiting well, it's making sure that staff are happy, um, and then dealing with, with issues. And I think it's... Um, you know, we can't brush over the fact that there will be problems with with um, with employees from time to time, and it's managing that in the right way. Um, so, no, I think it very much, you know, staff management, um, finance, obviously another one. You know, getting new customers on board, building the brand. Um, we help with that through the networking, and we're actually la launching a portal where businesses can trade with each other as well, so members can trade with each other. So, actually, um, you know, get new customers from that. Um, Certainly, I think, as I mentioned at the outset, I think the tax investigation piece is is something just to have in the background, really. Um, the revenue, I was reading a stat from the revenue that for every pound they invest in tax investigation, they return £15. So that's quite a good return on your investment. 
And obviously, over the last 18 months, they've invested a lot, um, they've spent a lot of money on supporting businesses. And so, you know, what is one of the ways that they can recoup that? Well, they can they can start doing tax investigations. And there's a misconception, I think, that you won't be investigated if you haven't done anything wrong. Well, everyone, you will be investigated regardless of whether you've done right or wrong. You still have to go through the process, which could be 12 to 18 months. Um, and at the end, you might it, it hopefully be found that you didn't do any anything wrong, but you still had to pay your accountant and you've still gone through that process. And that is more time drained for you um, to go through that. And, and, and again, we support with that with having ex-tax inspectors who work for us and would talk to revenue on your behalf and we'd pay your accountancy fees during that as well. So that's another thing to bear in mind. Um, how many do I need? Five? Three I've got so far, haven't I? What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I, th- I don't know if I can get to five. I mean, they're, they're the main ones that I'm, that I'm talking about at the minute. I think just as a kind of general um statement for the businesses that i'm talking to at the moment i think we're seeing a lot of positivity um coming out of covid now i know we're not out of it completely but certainly over the last 18 months it's been a bit of a roller coaster for all sorts of businesses but we're seeing lots of new businesses start up we're seeing lots more positivity we're seeing people getting back out there and i think you know um the economy is in in, it's it's in a good place and small businesses in a good place to to capitalize on um on the on the business and the trade that is that is going forward at the moment. So you know, I think it's not been an easy ride for the last eighteen months. That's that is for sure. But overall, at the minute, I'm seeing a lot more a lot more positivity than we did. You know, when this first struck and everyone was just a bit dumbfounded about what they were supposed to do and how we deal with it. But um, I think that's you know we're in a positive place now. Good to hear it. Can I throw you a curveball? What's Go. the um, if I say uh, what's the most interesting idea for a business that you've uh, that you've come across in your travels? What's the first one that comes to oh, mind? Oh, I don't know if I can tell you because of all the NDAs. What, what can I? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, gee, I really didn't think that that could be a business. <laughs> That's a good question. That is a curveball. Um, what have I seen recently? I've got a really interesting chap um, that I've. I've been speaking with recently he is um i think he's he's got some ski he's 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 a he self-professed geek he's a self-professed geek and he's got some idea about becoming a jedi and and doing something like that i don't really understand it but that's the most left field that i've seen (laughs) at the minute (laughs) it's certainly way out there it was beyond my understanding but that that answer uh, surpasses all my wildest dreams yeah there you go jedi alliance there you go yeah well he's got his first customer here i'll tell you that yeah come on john i'll I'll put you two in touch there you go (laughs) there we go Lovely, but, but that is time. a big part of um, that is the big part of the the network, isn't it? That uh, um, and and I remember when we were chatting the other day um, in the lead up to this episode, um, Andrew, you were talking about how COVID and being forced to be remote has actually brought quite a lot of networking into a new age, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. So we used to run uh, monthly networking groups. Um, we very often have, you know, maybe 15, 20 businesses. It was kind of more of a social thing. They'd get together and, and this is, you know, it's good. It works. Um, they just come together, have lunch and have a bit of a chat about how the month's been. I wouldn't say there was loads of business done, but now that it's all moved online, and I know some people don't really like that, but 
there is, in my opinion, a huge opportunity because you can now network with your potential customers and, and people that you can work alongside, so your, your business partners, anywhere in the country and, in fact, anywhere in the world. And we're seeing that now with with the likes of Zoom platform and there's another great one. Uh, I forget the name of it now. There's other variants of, of Zoom that, that are kind of a bit more interactive and you can move around tables and so on and so forth. So we've certainly seen that from our networking activity um, we're getting 40, 50 people attending those. We're seeing people network and, and do business with each other all over the country. And that is, a, that is a huge opportunity, in my opinion. And it comes back to the bit I was talking about before, about how it can be quite isolating running your own business. Yeah. So getting out there and meeting people from all over. And, and maybe you have a, a chat and you find, well, I think actually maybe I might be speaking out of turn, but maybe Ollie and John, you can relate to this because you met like that and then you decide you're going to do a podcast together right so there's yeah. a chance for collaboration as well as actually just doing business and that to me from the back of this is is the big opportunity that's come out of covid is people are now happy to to do these kind of meetings and if you say well actually i'd really like to meet you in person you still have the opportunity to do that but you can actually be a bit more uh you can spread yourself a bit more geographically uh, in the first place by, by attending those meetings. I think that's a huge opportunity. Yeah. And we, we've seen it before, haven't we, Ollie? Um, we had an expert on here in terms of sort of building remote communities. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the pretty much <laughs> uh, what you described was, was sort of the, the benefits of having a, a framework of, of um, being able to contact people who are hundreds and thousands of, of miles away um, and sort of, having that opportunity to speak with people you you really didn't um network with before because you were you were quite localized um, yeah. so yeah yeah zoltan vas right and yes, uh, zoltan. And, and i remember when zoltan was talking i was thinking this guy has been talking to people about the need to build remote teams and how uh, if you if the best person you find is across the ditch in another country that's okay that can work it's worth it in fact it's probably better because you want the talented people wherever they might be and he's yeah. been talking to people about this for like 15 20 years and yeah. and there's probably been this watershed moment in the last 18 months in fact i know there has been for him where where now people are just like yeah of course I have to yeah. do that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is one of the key things where um, I think I asked him, uh, what, what's one of the key things of, 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 you know, effectively working remotely? And he said it was um, centralize your information, have a centralized sort of source of information. And here we are with the F- FSB having this, this hub of, of all this information and resources for people to access remotely as well. So I, th- I think it's a, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty poetic if you ask me (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed jonathan did you have anything else you wanted to ask andrew about the fsb um or should we move into your favorite section oh i think we can move into uh to my faves to one of my favorite sections so um this will this will be um andrew the sharing section where we get to know a little bit more about yourself and your and your interests so um, I usually kick off with, with a doozy. So the first question <laughs> is, <laughs> who do you most look up to in the world? Okay, right. Mm. Um, do you know what? I, I spent, like I said earlier, I spend my life 
talking to business owners from people who are just thinking about setting up to people who've been established for a while. And I, I'm just going to categorize them all as the people I look up to in this world because it takes, in my opinion, it takes real courage uh, and real conviction to start a business. You know, it's it's not an easy thing. Um, you know, and, and, and like I said, give my example. I worked in in a in a in a corporate world. I got paid quite well. To suddenly say I'm not going to do that anymore, and this isn't I'm not my own favorite person, by the way, but I'm just talking about in, general, <laughs> in terms of the business owners I talk to. I think I think it's a really brave thing to do and you know i have nothing but admiration from anyone who says do you know what i've got this passion or i've got this idea i am going to go out there and i'm going to make it work and i think that, that those people really do deserve our our, our admiration so that's everyone who's set up their own business that's who i look up to awesome. yeah that's 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 a that's a that's a lovely response actually that's probably one of our top ones only <laughs> i reckon i reckon yeah so yeah so all right i'll take the next one eh? so mm-hmm. what what uh what book or film or netflix show um most got you thinking recently okay uh yeah there's a lot isn't there there's a lot one thing, it's a slightly older book now. I know he's got a new one out, but um, there's a great book by, um, uh, have you guys heard of Jordan B. Peterson? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think he's a Canadian, Canadian uh, psychoanalyst and, and, and just, a, just a huge intellectual power. And a lot of his work is, um, it just makes your brain hurt, frankly, but it's incredible. <laughs> um, he's got a great book called 12 Rules for Life. Um and it's a little bit more accessible than some of his other work, but there's some great stuff in there, and it you can take it a, a section at a time and just kind of mull on that. But he has a great understanding of the psyche of the way that we work as humans, the way that we work together. There's a great I forget which chapter it is, but one of them's called "Be More Like a Lobster." Uh, I don't know if either of you have read this book, but the lobsters have a kind of social network which is not dissimilar to ours. So there's a kind of uh, alpha males and domination. And basically what happens is, you know, two lobsters get into a fight. Uh, one of them wins and then they kind of dominate. And the, and the secondary lobster becomes the, the beta male, if you like, and lives at that level. And it's talking about how, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing here and read his book because he'll say it in a much more succinct terms than I. But failure is failure happens in our lives. Sometimes we fail and we can't let that dominate where we go from there. So don't shrink back from that you still have to go out in the world and um you know failure is 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 not the end of the world you can still go out there and be positive on the back of that don't don't shrink into that secondary position does that make sense yeah it does yeah i haven't yeah, read it, it does. i don't know if you yeah. have jonathan but uh, um they're they're both on my on my reading list actually because i watch a lot of his talks but uh, uh um i'm really working my way through a, <laughs> a list of books at the moment but yeah that's a good one because it's chapter by chapter so you can just pick a chapter and and just do that one do you know rather than having oh. the whole um i think his um maps and meanings i think it's called is 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 it's really <laughs> cerebral and really hard going but that one is a bit more accessible so that's that's nice awesome um oh i'll pick up this one ollie uh, what projects or movements uh, have have you most excited right now? Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of talk, and um, 
at FSB as well, we, we do a lot on sustainability. And this is kind of a hot topic at the moment, isn't it? We've got the COP26 summit going on and so on. From my point of view, um, going back even further than work, I, I actually studied environmental science at university. So it's a big thing. And back in my day, going back a bit, there was a, a famous, um, uh, it was called Agenda 21. It was part of the Rio summit. It, you know, the environment was, was very big news. And I think what's really interesting at the moment is the response that lots of people are having is that, uh, and I think Greta Thunberg has famously kind of summed this up, is that there's a lot of talk, isn't there? And we're kind of reaching a point now that that talk needs to turn into action. So I think it's going to be really interesting over the next few weeks to see what action is taken. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people, there's kind of a groundswell, I think, now of people who are saying, I'm going to take this into my own hands and, and looking at sustainability from that that perspective and 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 how they can make a difference um and so this is just a really interesting time i think for for sustainability and for uh personal um responsibility and personal action and how governments respond to that because overall you know they are leading on this stuff and that they have huge impacts and their choices of um uh, energy um creation and so forth so you know that that's a, a movement that i think is really interesting at the moment I tell you what, the thing that I've thought about the most, I think, in the last few weeks is how exciting it is that in eight years' time in the UK and a lot of other countries around that time, we won't be able to go out and buy a petrol or a diesel car brand new. Um, it's just and, great and, and um, gas boilers in your home as well is another thing. So there's there's real movement here now to, to, to look at that stuff. So Awesome. Um, what tech is improving your life most right now? Yeah, I don't know. I one, I suppose it's, it's tech. Yeah, we can class it under tech. But one kind of, I suppose, labour-saving device that I found really great over lockdown is that I implemented um, Calendly into my um, into my work, and and that a lot of the kind of because I'm talking to business owners and we're trying to arrange when we can talk to each other and so on and so forth. That has just lifted, taken away a huge part of heavy lifting of trying to organise when people can talk to each other. So now you just send each other the link, you sync it with your diary, and you can have an appointment, you know, in a week's time or whatever that works for everyone. I think that, and and it's free. I know there's a paid version, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, a kind of labor-saving device, it saved, you know, it saved me a couple of hours a week, no, no doubt. I think it's a great little tool. And um, uh, and one that we've just implemented, Jonathan. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds quite familiar. <laughs> and and it's just it's just sensible, right? Rather yeah. than the back the back and forth that, that otherwise we have to do. Yeah, that back and forth. I mean, you know, you just use up so much time. But yeah, great a great a really great tool. I'm sure you guys are gonna love it. Nice one. Perfect. All right. I think yeah. this next one probably builds on uh, on your last uh, your sustainability topic. But uh, what's one thing that you would like to change in the world? Yeah, I think it would it would lead down that. But I, I don't have a specific thing because I think these these um, the solutions to where we are are really really complicated, and it's not just it's just not a case of. Um, saying right, we we have to turn off fossil fuels, or we have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, there's a lot of complication in all of this stuff, which is why we haven't been able to. Uh, you can say there's some apathy as well, but it's why we haven't been able to solve it. So, I think that this stuff is moving in the right direction, and we definitely need to to do something. There can be no um, question about about um, you know the impact that that we're having on the environment. Um, that that's kind of 
gone now um and so it's great to see that we are moving in that direction so i you know i wish i had an answer to the one thing but it's i'm i'm pleased that this stuff is now on the agenda and is on lots and lots of people's um and the fact that people are taking personal responsibility for it rather than just sitting back and waiting for something to happen i think this is really positive what's one thing you would like people to take away from this episode I think that um, in terms of, I, th- I think the one thing is, as I said earlier, I think the one thing is that just to recognize that you don't have to do everything yourself and you can't have all the answers yourself. There are organizations out there, and obviously I'm going to mention FSB again, but there are, <laughs> there are organizations out there, and FSB is one of the, one of the, 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 um, the biggest ones that help support you as, as a business owner. And so don't be afraid to reach out and say, you know what, I could do with some help with something here, or I don't have the answer to that. You know, you're probably not a lawyer, you're not an HR specialist, you're not a tax specialist, you're not a GDPR specialist. You know, there's a lot of stuff that that, that running a business involves. And I think the, the one thing I would um, like people to take away is just don't be afraid to reach out and, and, and have this conversation, you know, have those conversations, get the support that you need so that you can focus on the doing of your business and the growing of the business and the serving of your clients or your customers in the best way. That's the bit that you're good at. Reach out and, um, you know, get some help with the other stuff. Well said, well said. And, and you could probably even extend that, right? Just don't be afraid to ask for help in any area of your life. In any, in any area of life. And actually that touches on a really, um, good point. Actually, Ollie, um, is that, the last 18 months for lots of people have been really difficult. Obviously we've seen lots of rise in, 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 in kind of the mental, mental health um, is a huge piece. Um, I've been involved in some stuff myself around that. And I think I would say, especially for men, we, we kind of a bit guarded on, on asking for that help. And yeah, this is, this is a really important subject area as well. And we actually have as part of the FSB mental health, first aid um, nurses and, members can talk to them on an ongoing basis for the rest of their lives if they want to at no charge. So it's just, again, it's reaching out to the right people and just saying, you know what? I need some help. This is a real struggle. I don't know what to do here and getting that guidance. And um, yeah, in all areas of life, I think that the mental health one is, um, and again, I th- there's, there's positives here that I think talking about mental health has become less stigmatized and that can only be a positive. Totally agree. I mean, it's uh, it's now openly discussed in the office, right? Yeah. Um, which just never would have happened before. Um, I'm such and such. Nice to meet you. Great to be working with you um, on this particular project. And you know, I suffer from depression, so yeah, I'm, I'm not so good after four o'clock in the afternoon. Could we meet a bit earlier in the day? I mean, whoever said that? Wow. In the nineties wow. or eighties, right? <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So, how can people go about? getting in touch with you andrew obviously we'll put whatever you mentioned in the notes yeah so uh, well there's calendly so i'll put my calendly link in the notes <laughs> i'm happy to have a, a chat with anyone uh, on, on that format um email uh is uh, we'll put that in the notes as well but it's andrew.murphy at fsb.org.uk um they're probably the two primary ones um you know feel free to reach out and we'll i will talk to you know, anyone who, who thinks that they need some help uh, or, or doesn't think they need some help but just wants to find out more, 
Um, and if we can't help, you know, very much, I think of us as a kind of signposting, signposting mechanism as well. So if it's not something that we cover, I can probably signpost you to other people who help with those things. So, you know, just reach out that way, uh, by those, by those links in, in the, uh, in the, in the notes. Thank you. Jonathan, did you have anything else? Um, no, I think um, unless, um, Andrew, you have anything else you'd like to promote? Any um, upcoming events or anything like that? No, not particularly. I mean, um, we, maybe we can put a link to the, to the FSB events on here as well because there's a whole raft of, of, of events that are going on pretty much every day. Um, we've got ones on sustainability. We've got ones on mental health. We've got ones on a whole raft of different topics and, and everyone's invited to those. You don't have to be a member to access those resources. So, you know, I guess what I'd like to promote is that, that again, there's, there's a whole raft of, of resources that could help you in your business and in your personal life um, available and, um, you know, have a look at those, have a look at those resources. Good on you. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to thank you again for, uh, <laughs> for joining us on the Problem Busters. Um, it's my absolute and, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Um, you can follow, well, to our listeners, you can follow uh, Problem Busters on all major social media platforms, just typing Problem Busters podcast. Uh, and keep a lookout for... Um, our highly <laughs> anticipated uh, sort of snippets of this episode and a link to the full episode uh, sort of library of Problem Busters podcast. Um, so I think that is it. And thank you for joining us and take care. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Bye.